Hello, and welcome to the Betsy Boss Podcast. Welcome back. We are here discussing Josh Duggar in part three of our triad of episodes about him. And we were going to follow this episode right after the first two episodes. But actually, there's been additional evidence that's come out over the past couple of weeks, which we really didn't expect. And because of that, we wanted to wait so that we got as much information as possible to give to you with this third episode, because this is going to be kind of a roundup of Reddit revelations, a triple R of sorts. Get that alliteration going. (laughs) And it's just going to be the episode where we put it all together. We talk about people's theories. We talk about folks who have gotten on Reddit, who are friends of the family, who have known the family forever, and who have an inside scoop that we don't have. And just what they're all saying and what has come out over the past couple of weeks that has made this trial even more interesting. Um, So before we do jump into things, we do want to note that part of what came out over these past couple of weeks, what we're talking about is uh, some evidence, pictures, and police recordings of Josh. Yeah, they've been and, interesting. Yeah, and you got some feelings about these. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. After watching the show for way too long from the beginning and just hearing what a bullshitter he's been from the get-go, listening to him on these recordings, to me, I think he does a really bad job of trying to come off innocent or come off of like, as like, well, what are you guys, what are you, I mean, I don't want to say anything, but I mean, like he just, he does not come off well, in my opinion. And to me, I mean, and I think that's probably what the jury heard too, was listening to these recordings and hearing just with common sense, he doesn't sound innocent. Yeah. And it's probably really made sense as to why the jury did make this decision to finally convict him because he just he's an idiot yeah it's clear that he was going to put his foot in his mouth one way or the other and it was just a matter of how he did it and when he did it but not whether he would do it or not exactly it's kind of good at least he's dumb enough to incriminate himself and to make himself look as guilty as he actually was yeah and I will say like just again, listening to the recordings, you could just tell he was trying to frame things like, oh, well, this it's it's password protected now, you know, just he he clearly knew. And it's the type of thing where it's like, you're not that dumb and we're not that dumb listening to it. We know you're trying to say this to be like, create some reasonable doubt as far as was this always password protected? When was it password protected? Could it be, you know, susceptible to somebody, you know, hacking into it? Like, I don't know. He's just, they, they were definitely right that he's not that smart. So <laughs> exactly. And I guess, so there were some especially funny tidbits that you had noted um, from some of this information that came out and um, they're just basically more shedding light on how dumb Josh really is yes. and how poorly he covered his own ass yeah like, and even his team I feel bad for the team because <laughs> they were just it was like covering a goddamn racehorse like they don't <laughs> There's nowhere to start with this guy. It's he's just all over the place and it's impossible to even defend the guy because he's so guilty. Yeah. Like if he were smart, 
they read him his Miranda rights, which they didn't have to do because he wasn't under arrest. But if he were smart, he would not have spoken with them at all. And he goes into a car and starts speaking and trying to come off all smart, saying, I have these connections and whatnot. Um, But some of the things that just kind of stuck out to me uh, when I was listening to it was one of the agents, and I love this, just a, a nice little blow to his ego said, um, you know, told Josh Duggar, he didn't know much about him before coming and, you know, do executing this search warrant. And he said that he actually had to do research on him. And this is kind of a blow to one of the arguments being, you know, that they're starstruck because it's Mr. Reality Star, Josh Duggar here. One of the agents was talking to Josh, trying to just explain to him this whole peer-to-peer network sharing just to kind of get it on the record as to Josh's understanding of things. And he explained it as, you know, you remember Napster, like, you know, about Napster. And Josh was like, uh, I I've heard of it. I like, I, I think it's kind of before my time. And the agent is like, Oh, how old are you? He's like 30. I don't know. He was like 32 or something like that. And the guy's like, well, I'm 40. 41 or whatever like it's like josh it was not before your time like i'm sorry you're just no well and that's the funniest thing too is like the fact that like if you're gonna deny being involved with like something like napster like the chickens have come home to roost buddy yeah they don't care if you (laughs) stole a couple songs from p diddy back in the day they're like you're in for a much thicker offense at this point and like I wouldn't worry about all those stolen songs meanwhile I say that still expecting the cops oh, I to come round me one up day. one of these days for all my stolen songs on LimeWire <laughs> well I will say it's funny too because the agent even at one point was like we're not here for music or whatever like we're not after going into the whole Napster explanation he's like we're here for something bef- beyond you know songs or whatever it's like yeah no shit like thank you and so the last one and I'm sure we'll post this on Instagram but you were laughing at this this photo this is my last little tidbit hysterical so immediately when we opened the notes for tonight's episode this picture just stares you blank in the face and it's (laughs) the funniest stupidest look you could ever hope to see we're gonna post it on our Instagram another dumb move by Josh he took a selfie at the car lot and, or Carlet, 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 the Harlot. Really hilarious. <laughs> nope. And basically the whole time he's been trying to cast doubt on him being present at the car lot at certain times of day. <laughs> and it's just so ironic. One of those particular times is posted on a giant <laughs> clock behind him in the selfie. And it's just like what are you doing like I know. you just weren't even thinking straight it's almost <laughs> i don't i don't even know it's just so ridiculous it's so stupid so dumb it's, it's like were those... you at the car lot at 451 well let me see here's the sign and a oh. giant clock in the background like telling me the time are you at the car lot at 5 or at 451 i think so i think we can guess so so that was just kind of a fun little catch up of stuff that came out um you know, some of the evidence, some of the recordings. But before we kind of jump into some of the other stuff coming out after the trial, we do want to give a reminder that we've covered this now a lot. Thank you for putting up with my obsession with this and now going into our fifth episode on the Duckers, which is insane. So fun. 
Um, so episodes 55 and 56, the two before this, we covered the trial and then episodes 42 and 43, we covered really the Duggar family, their history with the IBLP and ATI systems, um, which we'll get to the end of, of our notes here, but they're really coming under attack. Um, it's just kind of interesting to look back on what we knew then, what we know now, and this episode in particular, we go into debunking or clarifying some of the things that everybody thought they knew beforehand and that have come out after the trial. So we did want to kind of summarize who all gave statements from the family after the conviction came out. So those people are as follows. First of all, we have Derek and Jill Dillard, who Jill is obviously a former Duggar, but now she's a Dillard. And they came out and gave a statement on December 9th. We had Jim Bob and Michelle Duggar also on December 9th. Their statement was dumb and flaccid and it basically <laughs> Shocking. focused on how, yeah. And the whole focus of their statement, again, as always, was just to garner sympathy. It was just about how the whole ordeal has been so difficult for their family. Oh. I mean, think outside yourselves, people. Right. Come on. No one feels bad. No one feels bad for you. No, no. Then we had Jeremy and Ginger Duggar who is now Vuolo and they even called Josh a hypocrite on December 10th as part of their statement. Then we had Ben and Jessa Seawald and Jessa was, you know, former Duggar. They came out on December 10th. Jason Duggar reposted Jeremy Volo's statement and added a comment, something like well said, which is kind of good to see. Like it is actually, because he's still living at home too. Like this one, he's still, he's still under the Duggar roof. So that's a shocker. Oh yeah. So yeah, there could be consequences for him for coming out and supporting this statement against Josh, their golden Mm -hmm. boy. So I'm surprised that they're coming out and, you know, saying what needs to be said. That's kind of reassuring. We have Austin and Joanna Forsyth and Joanna is our former Duggar. um, And they came out on December 13th. So the Forsyths and the Dillards mentioned that they went to the trial to get some answers for themselves, which again, I mean, this just doesn't sit right. It's really sad when you have people who are going to the trial just to get answers, especially when those people are victims or the family members of victims, anything like that. It's just so sad. Yeah. It's disgusting too. Like clearly Jim, Bob and Michelle are just deplorable people. Horrendous. So as we anticipated, an appeal has been filed and this appeal is going to rest very heavily on Caleb Williams. And we talked about him a lot in the last couple episodes. He's a friend of the Duggars, which basically means he's a rapist or a yeah. sociopath. 50, 50 um, chance. And we, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's highly likely. <laughs> and so he raped an underage girl, got her pregnant, wanted custody of the child. You might recall this. I mean, you know, this guy is just deplorable, stand up, nasty, you know, stand up man. And he's going after custody of the kid that he it's a rape baby and he's going after the custody. Okay, makes a lot of sense. So this guy worked at the Duggar car lot because the car lot employed a lot of pieces of shit, evidently. (laughs) And there's this whole argument that Caleb could have been there the day that the Linux partition was downloaded, but not when the CSAM was accessed. So it's kind of. Again, a shitty argument on the part of the defense. They keep trying to grasp at straws and they're 
biggest defense, their like gold medal defense that they keep trying to bring back, but it just is not connecting because it's not true is the fact that somebody else from somewhere else was accessing this material or was putting together this Linux partition because Josh couldn't have been doing it. And it could have been X, Y, Z, A, B, C. It could have been any of these other people. And Caleb being a child rapist is obviously they're pointing their fingers at him, but they can't even completely connect the dots and say, Caleb was the one who would have accessed this CSAM material. They're just hoping that they can put the nail in the coffin that he put the Linux partition into place on Josh's computer at the car lot. So this Caleb also gives some statements about how bookkeeping at the car lot was always a mess. So a lot of the dates could have been incorrect. And this kind of like sheds doubt on some of the alibis and the government's ability to clear some people being there certain days. But again, I mean, the defense's problem is that they can they can kind of say, well, this isn't ruled out. They can't rule out we're accessing the computer. They can't rule out that Caleb wasn't the one who downloaded Linux. We've heard this argument again and again, and it's not a full argument. It's just even though you can't rule something out doesn't mean you can rule something else in. Right. So weak argument, but that's what they're hanging their hat on is this child rapist, Caleb. Yeah. And it's, it's always, you have to go back to, and remember that it's reasonable doubt too. And the main word being reasonable, like anything is possible, you know, so-and-so could have gotten abducted by aliens, but you know, you can make any argument, but it's not reasonable. And yeah, I, I don't know. To me, that picture that we saw at the beginning is just like, do you want a like more stupid client who nails themselves themselves at the lot at a certain time. And then within minutes, something's accessed, like, come on, it's going to be him. So exactly. Like, I'm sorry. Don't even bother with the appeal. I know that's not what you're supposed to do as a defense attorney is to say, Hey, you know what? Let's throw our hands up. This guy's useless, but (laughs) my gosh, they must've been tempted to do that. Yeah. Well, Hey, I say drain Jim Bob Duggar for all he's worth money-wise, you know, like drain that, drain that pond, uh, a Duggar analogy that uh, goes to more things than one, but two, I mean, there's that TLC money there. There's exactly just deep pockets. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the main thing on where the case stands now, but there has been a ton that has come out and we're just going to give a like kind of warning up front that this is very Reddit heavy. Um, the people have been verified by moderators on these Reddit forums. So take that for what it's worth. Um, I believe kind of what they're saying. They kind of corroborate each other's statements. Uh, I think it's really interesting and that's kind of why we wanted to go into this, but just keep that in mind that this is not verified from any news source or something like that. But there are some things that came out that are verified by news sources that tell us that the Duggars have really gone on a downhill slide after this trial. So first of all, we have good old Jim Bob, who clearly has no self-awareness, continued to run for Arkansas State Senate. He lost terribly. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. He apparently paid a ton of money too to try to get votes. And he just he tanked. Like not good. 
He had announced his bid shortly before Josh's trial. So again, read the room, Jim Bob, like you're not getting votes. Come on. Um, and I think my favorite is that he, his kind of platform and what he was promising was he would be the bold voice that is pro-family, pro-business, pro-gun and pro-life. Oh, oh, okay. At least it's clear where his priorities lie. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's hard to be pro-family when your son is say. raping your entire family. Unless you're pro-gun to use on your pro-family, you know, to make sure you're still pro-family. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I just, yeah. Pro-gun to shoot your rapist <laughs> exactly. son in the face. Then, exactly. Yeah, then we approve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Jim Bob not doing well. And then this is kind of the running joke is that it kind of has gone down birth order. So Josh is in jail. Jana got herself into a bad legal situation. She was actually charged with a misdemeanor count of endangering the welfare of a child back in September. And this just came out right after Josh, I think right after he was convicted. And so do we know the details of this? Like, so I, when, as soon as I saw the reports of this coming out, I immediately thought to myself, like, these people oh, are the blanket incredibly training. harsh with their children. Mm-hmm. They're very, you know, strict, hands-on. Corporal I'm sure they're kind not of punishment. Against corporal punishment. So, I mean, does that have anything to do with these allegations? Like, what are we looking at here? No. So actually, like, there was a lot of speculation when it first came out. But she did. Jana actually went to Instagram, I believe. And kind of talked about what was going on. So she posted that what happened was she was sister momming, aka babysitting not only her own siblings, but probably Josh's children and a bunch of other kids at the big house, as they call it. And one of the kids got out. What happened was, and what she says on Instagram is, a passerby who saw the child called the police. This resulted in a written citation, as well as a follow-up with child welfare who concluded that it was an accident and the child was unharmed. I mean, great that they weren't harmed, but like this should be a wake up call for Jim, Bob and Michelle and everybody that like, this is not a situation that's working. Well, and so I'm picturing, I mean, is this like, was the kid wandering on the side of the road? Was yeah. the kid just out in the yard? Like, what are we no. talking? Did she get as far as our friend? Oh, Aisha. Oh, my God. You're so right. That's Aisha's out of our history. Right. Oh, that's so Aisha true. degree. Yeah. She yeah. has six so, degrees of Aisha degree. Right. That's what I'm thinking, girl. Like, is she Aisha degreeing it down the road? And here she we was. are on Valentine's Day again. You're right, actually. It was very similar because they live in a very rural type of situation where it's a two lane highway technically that they live off of, but it's like one of those rural kind of roads. And apparently she got kind of far down that road. Somebody found her. Wow. Yeah. So she got, she got down there. She got out there. Like she was, she was headed for O'Brien and Asia. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing too. I was wondering for a second, like, okay, if the kid's wandering around outside and they've got a big yard in the middle of farmland, like whatever, big deal. But the, the fact that the kid got to the road and was yeah. like wandering down the way, like forget. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, like uh, the siblings drop off Jana's nieces and nephews at that house all the time who are little kids. Like, it's not just like a eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, like there's toddlers there all the time. So we don't know how old the child was, but it likely was like a younger kid that just was toddling down the street, which is not good. So Jana, fun fact, using the same law firm that Josh used, so family discount, she pled guilty on December 15th 
and was fined $880. So going down the line of family members, we have her twin brother, John David Duggar, also found himself in in a bad situation. And it's interesting because a lot of this stuff has only been found out after the trial. He was in a plane crash with these fundies are so obsessed with these planes and like flying lessons in these little planes, which I would never get into. And this is exactly why. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. He was in a crash in October. He had his wife and his toddler daughter in there and he had to have an emergency landing in a field in Waverly, Tennessee after double engine failure. And apparently everything, you know, like they were fine, but the aircraft they were in suffered substantial damage. All right. So here's, here's one of the biggest revelations though, that came out. So the Duggar daughters actually filed a case in 2017. Um, It was supposed to finally come to trial in, I think 2022. And it was against the police department who initially released the police records that were published in in touch magazine. And the judge, just before they were going to reach some type of settlement outside of court, uh, the judge actually dismissed the case altogether. So they got screwed. They got nothing. But the biggest revelation that came out from this was the question about who put this letter in the book that was found by somebody who called Oprah and kind of got this whole thing rolling back in 2006. So there's been a ton of speculation. I think we, in one of our earlier episodes, like when we went into the IBLP ATI thing, I can't remember who we said we thought it was, but a lot of people thought it was one of the Duggar daughters writing about kind of what Josh had done. The book was lent out. Somebody else found it and called Oprah. Well, we finally learned it was actually Kaylee Holt who wrote the letter and sad thing is it's like it's such a sad sheltered little girl because she really was a little girl at this time writing this she wrote a letter detailing what happened and she wrote it to her favorite author like so sad yeah and so she put it in this book totally forgot about it and then that book was lent out to somebody else who borrowed it and then went on to alert Oprah. So it's just, oh, it's so sad. I don't know. Uh, but this was oh, one of the big revelations. So, yeah. Yeah, that's crushing and so sad and such a big deal because we were definitely like scratching our heads over the Oprah thing and like who would have incriminated them and who would have, you know, sent that in. And because that was huge and that yeah. was such a big thorn in their side when they couldn't go on Oprah and. Oh my gosh. So to know that it was this poor little girl, though, is really sad. It is. It really is. So a lot of great information that we've gotten from Reddit came out via AMAs, which are short for Ask Me Anything. And it's a segment on Reddit where somebody either famous or well-known or just a really interesting person, like they'll have strippers on there. They'll have prostitutes they'll have I don't know why everything I'm thinking of is sexual but they'll have somebody who's in a line of work that's fascinating but very um either unapproachable or like hard to get information from and they'll come on and they'll say ask me anything I'm x I'm this person I'm this profession whatever ask me anything and nothing's off limits the people of reddit come on it's sort of like a chat 
room and they just ask questions of this person, anything that they want. So the first of these AMAs was Bowman Fidoski. And the mother is Teresa, a midwife slash doula who had been featured on the Duggar show and delivered several of the Duggar grandchildren. Yeah, so there's a lot more behind her story. It's not so simple that she's, oh, just a sweet old doula midwife who's helping to deliver babies. There's a lot going on there, but she has illegally practiced as a midwife without her license. She's been involved in a lot of risky births just by way of background. And most recently in 2021, she was delivering her own granddaughter and she died, you know, apparently as a result of kind of a faulty delivery. And the family also goes way, way back with the Duggars and the whole ATI, IBLP background. They're all kind of part of this world, part of this culture. And, you know, so picture that enmeshment and that connection. So the parents even left the kids in the care of the Duggars for a period of time when the father of this family was in rehab for drug abuse. He was a doctor. And of course, you know, since then he's gotten his life back together, but you know, it's, there's a lot of implications there. Super sad. Obviously as a doctor, you have access to all kinds of medications, but at that time, Teresa, this woman went to stay near the rehab facility and the first time that he was in the rehab facility was for three months. Second time was for six months. A little crazy that they left their kids there with the Duggars for six kids, three months at the first time, six months the second time. Like, I guess when you have 19, six more, <laughs> just tack them on. Yeah, it's nothing. Uh-huh. It's another drop in the bucket. Yeah. But and it's kind of crazy that, you know, the trust that was there for them to when they were in crisis, just leave the children there yeah. with the Duggars to trust them that much. So that should give you the idea of how involved they were with this family. So um, this Bowman fellow shared a lot of different revelations via his AMA. And we sort of are going to head each one off and give you all kind of a little flavor of what we're going to talk about and what each revelation had behind it. So the first one is porn on computers. So when Josh was around 15, the Duggars gave six of their old computers to the Fidoski family for homeschooling. So little, you know, transfer, little hand-me-down. And he was around 10, this Bowman Fidoski, and he found porn on the computers. He said about the first image he saw, quote, I thought was a girl with a really long tongue that stared at it for several minutes and realized it was a girl giving a blow job. How and awful. this was an adult female. Yeah, like Horrifying. a 10-year-old sheltered little fundy boy being like, oh, her tongue's really long and being like, oh my God, wait, no. Oh dear, yeah, that's not what I thought it was. And now back in the day, I mean, it's so funny because we both have recalled instances where you know, when the internet was in kind of its early whitehouse.com, not white or whitehouse.gov, <laughs> not whitehouse.com right. in school. <laughs> like there were just, there was no filter, there no. Were no child controls and stuff would just pop up on your computer yeah. all the time. And we were scarred by it because it was around, <laughs> yeah. we were around the same age when that yeah. stuff happened. And we were like, Whoa, what's that? Right. And it would be like advertisements for stuff, mm-hmm. you know? And it was just pop-ups and you couldn't control it. They obviously have gotten just exponentially better yeah. at shutting that stuff down. But that's 
kind of the feeling that I feel when I see like, oh, a 10 year old like saw this image and like was fearful because Mm -hmm. it's you are fearful. You're like, what the heck am I seeing? And to think that somebody as a fundamentalist saw this who has been so sheltered, like I can't even imagine what certain things look like. And I don't know. So that just I feel terrible for him. So after he saw this image, he went and he told his parents and he learned later that there were thousands of images, which was all adult porn that had been wiped from the computers that were passed <laughs> down from the Duggars. Like Josh Duggar, 15 years old at the time, like thousands oh, of images. Thousands. So he believes now that the Duggars tried to play it off as a virus on the computer or something that Classic. came from clicking on the wrong thing. Like we were talking about, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he said that the Duggars had their computers set up in a, the big room for homeschooling, but Josh also had his own quote unquote office to work computers with. Because yeah. He was, you know, into computers his whole life. He was really um, into kind of coding of the day and trying to figure out computer stuff. So he, you know, he had his own little domain where he was getting on these computers by himself. Yeah. And being the golden boy, so, of course, you know, 15 year old needs of his own office. Thing. Gave him his own little setup. (laughs) So the next thing that he opined on was discipline and the buddy system. And he said, Bowman said that Jim Bob didn't yell much, but their form of discipline was a spanking with a rod that they called the rod of encouragement. (laughs) Really creepy. This was always done behind closed doors. It was never done in front of the rest of the family, which kind of makes it creepier to me. I know you're beating your kids, at least do it as like a warning to the other. I don't know. No. Well, and who knows what's going on behind closed doors? Like, exactly. Like, you really don't. And who trusts these people? Yeah. But he said it was the diameter of a glue stick, but it was about two feet long. So I'm picturing almost like a like a pointer that you'd use on. The oh yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. And so Bowman confirmed that the Duggars did blanket train. And if you do want to go back and hear what blanket training is and why it's problematic, feel free to go to our earlier Duggar episodes. We talk all about it and nice. the ways in which the Duggars raised their children. And yet, so the term loving correction was always used. (laughs) And Bowman said that Michelle relied heavily on the buddy system. And we talked about that as well. And a lot of the time, if a younger kid would come up to her for something, she'd say, did you ask your buddy to help you with that thing? So it's just clear. These people have completely absolved themselves of their parenting duties. Oh, yeah. They've allowed their other children to take it on, their older children, and those children, they've now taken on parenting duties and they're doing that job. The next kind of topic header was confessing. And he actually confirmed some things about the culture of the Duggar church. He said that, yes, confessing in front of the congregation was definitely a thing that they did. If you'll remember, uh, Josh kind of confessing his sins, but in a really sanitized way, back then was a form of punishment and shaming back in the church. He also said that Josh called his, meaning Bowman's father, uh, remember, you know, they're still close family friends and confessed actually to the whole cheating Ashley Madison stuff. And that he actually confessed too to assaulting Danica Dillon, which I think we maybe touched on in one of our episodes where she was a sex worker that, I think they actually met in Philly, if I remember correctly. 
and um he had just like brutally assaulted her and then denied everything but actually settled outside of court and bowman is saying that yes you know josh did confess to his father that this actually did happen and everything she said was the truth so pretty disgusting there you know just looking at this in in kind of the context again of thinking about like the holt uh Josh confessing to the Holtz back in the day, this whole culture of confessing to others is like lends credence to like, why would Josh just confess to this guy out of nowhere? Like, this is kind of how these people are, these kids are brought up to kind of confess things to trusted people in their lives. And it's clear that they're, they've been told to do this probably to keep it within the community, right? Oh, like yeah. It's, it's- obviously a tactic to just stay super insular everything that gets confessed you don't go to the cops with your problems you don't go to the outside world with your problems you go to the church elders and those are the people that you trust those are the people that you go to with your issues and I mean in that way it's kind of like an abusive relationship they completely cut these kids off from any other help or connections that's so true it all just gets swept under the rug yeah no no that's so true and i mean we'll cover some of that and he as we keep going to some of these other amas but we even covered that beforehand that yeah it's definitely like keep this in-house we'll deal with this in-house when really a lot of these situations only get worse by dealing with it you know quote unquote dealing with it in-house when they really could have used outside intervention and you know that's just not happening right um so this was something that i found really interesting he also said that josh was sent away more than once and so the one time that we all kind of know about because of the police reports was not the only time so bowman said that when he and his family first became acquainted with the duggars Josh was actually, he didn't meet Josh at the time because Josh was away for the first time when his head was shaved, et cetera. And he said, I seem to remember him going away a few other times over the course of the next three to five years. He believed it was three times total, but he wasn't totally sure. And to kind of get into how connected again, this crazy, these families and everything are, uh, Bowman's brother was actually sent away for issues with alcohol and he was sent to the Forsyth family. So you'll remember Joanna Duggar Forsyth. She later married Austin Forsyth and this family, the Forsyth family, they actually were featured on world's strictest parents too, which is kind of interesting. There's an episode of them, but they, uh, ran, they kind of developed this family Christian family camp where families can go away and do things like horseback riding, archery, stuff like that. And I think, I think Josh probably was sent away at some point to work on that family camp doing manual labor. Like I, I I wouldn't be surprised if that was one of the times that he was sent away. He also said that things were really Bowman said that things were really hush hush, that it wasn't well known all these details amongst the rest of the church members. It was really only the victims that kind of knew the full details and, and the church elders, of course. He also confirmed that seeing the sisters around Josh, they never really seemed comfortable around him. And he said that it, everybody's kind of icky, you know, feeling about their whole side hug culture and obsession with side hugs was definitely 
a true, like they were big on that because they definitely believed in this whole kind of temptation, even amongst siblings. So you can't even front hug your siblings because you could be tempted, which is just disgusting. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's clear who's going to get tempted by that. It's the pedophile. So (laughs) it's the classic, like punish the whole roost just to like, get the problem away from the one person who's the problem instead of just punishing him and centralizing the situation. Yeah. Remove him from the house. So everybody can give everyone a front hug. Like simple as that. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then finally this one incident that doesn't really have to do with Josh, but just kind of was a funny one on there was, um, so, back in probably the chaos of when the Duggars had a lot of little kids and some kind of middle young teen kids, Jessa, who was one of the sister moms, you know, had her little buddy team. Bowman said he remembers one incident where one of the little kids had peed on a couch, like wet his pants and the the couch was all wet with pee. Jessa went over and sat right down in the pee. And he said to her, you know, like a little kid just peed right there. And she said, yeah, I know we can only change our clothes if we get dirty. And I wanted to change my clothes into something else today. Like, whoa. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Ew. Yeah. Like what kind of life is that? that I just, is, yeah, that's gruesome. And it just goes to show you like another example of these arcane rules that are there for no reason. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, they have to come up with these crazy excuses to quote unquote, break the rules or to have an exception taken out on them. And it's just so sad. Like you would rather sit in urine to get your clothes changed than like just change your clothes because you you feel like you're dirty and you're ready to change your clothes. Well, I bet it was probably a house rule because like doing laundry for that many people, it was like, you can't change your clothes. It's a nightmare, I'm sure. But like, okay, then don't have that many kids where you your young, like preteen daughter or teenage daughter can't change her clothes because she wants to, unless she sits in pee. Like that's just messed exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. It does go back to the argument of don't have that many kids then because you clearly can't handle them. You're giving all these kids jobs that are not equipped for children. And it's just, it's obvious they can't handle these kids, especially Josh, obviously. Yeah, clearly. So we're actually going to extend the fun and we're going to end this episode here with Bowman. And next week we're going to go into the rest of the AMAs and the rest of our Reddit revelations. There is just too much exciting, interesting information here to fit into one week's worth of podcast. So we are going to go ahead and divide it up and we're going to continue next week. We'll see you all next week. We're going to open with Clint Branham, the tech expert who testified at Josh's trial. And he's an acquaintance of the Duggars and he's got a lot of things to say on his AMA on Reddit. So stay tuned for that. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Betsy Boss Podcast. If you'd like to find us online, we're on Facebook at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Instagram at Betsy Boss Podcast, on Twitter at Betsy Boss Pod, and our email is BetsyBossPodcast at gmail.com. Also, Betsy Boss is now on both iTunes and Spotify. If you like what you hear, please rate, subscribe, and comment. Thanks again for listening. 